Hi everyone, it's Lisa Morell again from Equine Alchemy. And I am so excited that you're with us today in the Transforming and Thriving Through Horse Wisdom Summit from Equine Alchemy because we're gonna be speaking with Alyssa Aubrey. Hi, Alyssa. Hi there. <laughs> She's gonna tell us amazing things about all of her work. Specifically, we're gonna kind of take an interesting look at what is leadership? What does it mean to work with leadership? What is it like to work with people who think they're working with leadership and people who think they're working on personal development? It, it's, it's always an interesting topic. And I know Alyssa, you and Gerhard are just some of the biggest practitioners in the world and very, very successful. So that's why I wanted you to be part of this so you could share your perspective. All right. Uh, oh, first, I have to read this bio. She's so fabulous. I almost <laughs> forgot. Okay. Alyssa is the director, executive director of Medicine Horse Ranch, and that's out in California. She's the founder of that as well, an educational experiential learning center incorporating horses in leadership development. She's a best-selling author, horse-assisted educator, empowerment speaker, and business consultant with over 30 years of experience as both educator and entrepreneur serving 7,500 plus clients to date. She's a busy girl. Alyssa is the Horse Dream USA, and I referred to them earlier, and we'll talk more about them, a license holder. Alyssa and her team of certified facilitators offer Horse Dream leadership programs designed specifically for teams, businesses, and corporations. She's developed nationally recognized curriculum based on Barbara Rector. We were just talking about uh, Barbara as the grandmother of all of this. Yes. Barbara's in this title will always get me adventures and awareness. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that isn't what it is, best practices and core principles for the field, giving, providing hands-on training, coursework and experiential learning through coaching and internship participation at Madison Horse Ranch. Alyssa serves as chair for the CBEIP Certified Board for Equine Interactive Professionals, the only national credentialing body for horse human practitioners, certifying mental health and experiential educators. And she's also the co-author of the best-selling book, The Road to Success with Jack Canfield. And this uh, book is currently available on Amazon and at Barnes and Nobles, as well as many other bookstores. So Wow, you've done a lot. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> now I'm we, doing this. <laughs> we get such a treat, right? Okay. Now, uh, of course, that I've got so many papers here. Here we go. Uh, so let's start this conversation about, uh, I said so much about leadership. And I know one of the questions I sent to you had to do with what's the difference between working with people like the corporations and the teams, the people who think they're working on leadership and those people who come to you privately or for healing and think they're working on personal development. Mm -hmm. What yeah. would be your, your perspective on that? That's a, that's a really rich question. Uh, and I would like to say, before I jump into it, I wanna thank you, Lisa, mm -hmm. for your vision and for your contribution and this um, invitation to be here today. I appreciate uh very much what it takes to uh, <laughs> not only have the heart and the vision but then when you get into it there's a hundred things 
-hmm. couldn't possibly see from that perspective where we thought, what a good idea to do this, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, what was I thinking? No, I'm so honored to have you. So that's where leadership really counts. So hence our, our subject. Um, so it's an interesting question and I could come from it from a couple of different perspectives. Uh, one thing that is very resonant as you asked me the question happened and has happened uh, multiple times with, uh, you know, teams coming in or leaders coming in to do a day's worth of work with the horses. And um, the idea that they have their bullet points or they've been sent with their mission of what they're gonna work on in right. this offsite. Uh, and they come in in various, you know, uh, states of willingness. And at the end of the day, uh, the thing I hear most often is they've spent uh, a lot of years studying leadership, <laughs> thinking about leadership, taking classes about leadership, working on leadership, being inside the Marriott Hotel for a weekend with leadership and all of that. And this is the first day they have ever felt leadership. Hmm. And so that I think that's a really interesting common denominator. They don't all say it in the same way, but that is the extraction for many of these um, teams and many of these, the, the business people that come into work that the sense feeling of what it felt like to lead. And um, in all of the places that I think mean are meaningful to someone. Hmm. It's interesting, uh, before I started working with horses in 2003, six, I think it was, I was a corporate consultant. And I, that's what I did. I worked with leaders and teams and I did all of that stuff. And I got burned out. Yeah. I did all this stuff. I did. I was the one helping them do all of this, but I got burned out because there was no, uh, there was no reciprocity. There was almost like it was a foreign conversation. And right. so of course, Arms. yeah. yeah. So then I started reconnecting with horses as a result of my daughter. And I went, oh, I remember this. <laughs> and then that that's uh, history at this point. So I can understand yeah. how they would, it would be so foreign for them that there's hardly even any language for it. That the, and, and on top of that, the other experience sometimes, and one most recently, we had a team that came in and... Uh, they were not happy campers, which is unusual, I have to say. If, if the HR person or the person bringing them in has prepped them, they're usually really excited. They may not have a sense of what's gonna happen and varying degrees of uh, comfort or not comfort or past experience or no experience, which is part of the beauty of the day. It's a level playing field for people. But this group by and large was not happy. And as we did, our initial check-in, one of the gentlemen sitting to the right of me who um, spoke of, uh, you know, he said, I'm Arab and we weren't asking, but he, he volunteered that. And his, just in the opening, his grandparents had horses and they always made such a big fuss about it. And he really didn't see it. And he was missing his daughter's third birthday. And oh. it was 
the sixth or seventh offsite that they've been required to do. So, you know, the other part of your question is the difference between personal development and leadership per se. So of course this group was coming in to work on leadership development, but at the end of the day, this guy, same guy sitting in the closing circle had tears in his eyes and turned to me and said, um, my grandparents used to say that you could see your soul in the eye of a horse. And he said, I experienced that today. So my, my offer into the query of this is, I don't see a distinction at all. I think we are the delivery system uh, at work. We're being human at work and we're being human at home. And I don't see the distinction at all. I think people separate the, those things. They categorize those things. And for most of the business culture life, uh, you know, that personal world and that professional world, never the twain shall meet. And that's an old hierarchical paradigm that is becoming more and more and more outdated and intolerable. And in, well, I don't know, Lisa, if in our lifetime, if we'll see that dissipate, mm -hmm. but I think we, those of us who do this work um, are seeing the difference that individuals make and the impact that this work has as they go back to their work culture um, changed. This is, there's two things that came up for me. Um, never the two shall meet. Well, they met there with the guy who thought he was at his work life and he was missing his personal life. His That's right. His third birthday. And then he was able to. That's uh, right. Was he aware of that? I Did think he, he had, he had the sense that he was coming in for one thing, which he was not interested in because right. the sacrifice he was making, he could not correlate the value of that, especially mm -hmm. having been in these offsites repeatedly where there'd already been a toll on his personal life. And now the big cherry on the cake is I'm missing my daughter's third birthday. Mm -hmm. But what he shared at the end of the day was that he had been raised by these grandparents. They were incredibly important people to him and they were all about the horse. And so there was a missing component for him growing up. He couldn't share that mm -hmm. experience with them and mm -hmm. he got it. He got the experience. He got what they meant when they said, you'll see your soul in the eye of a horse right. that day in his interaction with one of the horses. So he said, I can't wait to call them and tell them. Ah, so work and personal you, came together. You, you just don't know how how the alchemy, I love your, your the name of your work, alchemy, because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's an alchemical process and you can't possibly script that or even imagine that that will be part of the outcome of a day. It's so true. Now, if for that, this is a great time for me to ask you, what do you think what or what do you feel? Here I go immediately to the head. What do you feel is the force <laughs> wisdom that that particular gentleman could take home? What in that alchemical process? What is that yeah. wisdom? Yeah. Well, there's there's I could answer that in in um, experiencing him experiencing his level of willingness increase and his resistance decrease during that day. So I observed 
through my lens, that's what I believe I observed. Mm -hmm. um, the wisdom though often comes and here again, uh, I, I am wherever I go, there I am. So I'm gonna be the same person at home that I am at work. And if I have unfinished business in my life, unresolved issues in my life, unhealed wounds in my life, I'm gonna bring them right through the front door of my work, just like I'm gonna bring them right through the front door of my home in every relationship I have. And so when there's unreconciled feelings, when there is, when I'm triggered, when I'm reactive, um, if I can be put in a place where I'm held by that horse, where I can let go of my story, when I, where I can get above my story and observe myself differently and feel sense how the horse is holding me in that space and time, get present to myself. So if I had to, because part of the, the reason we're doing this is to more clearly articulate that which is almost impossible to articulate, being able, first of all, it's a shift in perspective. Totally. Second, it came from the wisdom of the horse was to hold the space in a, yeah, come on, help me, help me with this. Because um, I know what you're talking about. I feel it. And so what words would you put to it? Well, I would, I would say this to your listening audience to make it very tangible. The invitation was to go up and make a connection. That was the invitation in any way you want, as long right. as, and we gave them the parameters of that, go on up and make a connection with the horse. Right. Because in the corporate world, I mean, I was there quite a while. There's not very many invitations for connection. And that is at the bot. If you ask people what they really want, you've heard it too. Mm -hmm. Not just connection, authentic connection. Yes. Yeah. And however, However, if I don't know how to match my insides and my outsides, yeah, I, I, will, I will not, that will be an elusive um, desire that will elude me. And that comes back to the other part of your query about the distinctions between personal work and leadership development. And I would bring in Barbara Rector here because, uh, we start including this day with this gentleman, every single program here, whether it's one person coming in for a private session or a team, in our morning circle, intention setting, program distinctions, rules, housekeeping, the last thing we do before we go put our bodies next to a horse is the safety responsibility agreement authored by Barbara Rector. And you've heard it and perhaps some of your audience has and perhaps they haven't. Um, this is a way to stay safe around the horse, mm -hmm. but it's also a way to create safety with one another. My yeah. name is Lisa and I take full responsibility for me today. And that includes my thoughts, my feelings and my actions, thus contributing to the safety of the group. So every thought, every feeling, every action is generated by me. This is interesting because this is not the first time I've heard about the role. Often I've talked about what is the role of the human. 
in this uh, relationship, in just this work. You know, there's many people talked about the horses and the human responsibility has come up several times. Yeah. And that either owning it and uh, owning it or, or being responsible for it or just opening up to that. But what I find is so interesting is that a lot of people just have not had that experience. When you were talking about the congruence, matching the inside and the outside. So yeah. what do you, hmm, I know you recognize this when they're not feeling it or they well, the can't horse, seem to grasp it. So what do you do? The horse recognizes it. Well, of course, horse, but that, if we're talking about the role of the human, because right. you can notice what the horse is doing, of course, that's the horse wisdom. So how do you as a human work together with that horse to uh, bring that wisdom, that, that mystical experience from the horse to the person. Yeah, I think about it as practical magic. Um, <laughs> Great. I, I, because I, I really think if, if, it, if it, it, it's very mystical to me, but I'm, I, I live on a thousand acres and I live with a herd of horses. So uh, the mystery and the mysticalness of it and some of the things I've seen that we don't have language for is a very comfortable place for me after all these years, after 20 years of being around it. But more, more to the person who's here for the first time and what I know they want, let's give you the example of, I had some, uh, a group of 20 year olds out here from a, a trust. They're all young associates. They're doing all the grunt work. Only a couple of them are gonna make partners. They're on that corporate climb. And what a great uh, opportunity to have a great opportunity, there. right? Yeah. And so hungry. Uh, and at the same time, you know, they're they are also sort of way out of their uh sphere. They're flying around on pri private planes at their age and making tons of money. And uh, and now they're here at the ranch in the arena with the horses. And, and they're also they trust their coach who brought them here, but they're also sort of like not really getting it. And the opportunity is to go make a connection, just like with this gentleman that I was talking about earlier. So what I see, what I notice is what's in the body. And it's fascinating that they all wanna go and get next to that horse, but then they stop themselves about, you know, two arms lengths out before they can do that. So the horse being an energy efficient animal and also a thousand pound mirror for you, is not going to work harder in that connection than you are. <laughs> you so can want it all you want. But... The horse stands there in neutral. <laughs> and the question becomes, after that very, what feels like a really long, uncomfortable pause, the question becomes, what's going on for you? And the story is, well, he doesn't, he's not interested in me. So there you have it. That's, there is, there is the limited belief and the, um, the clutter that's in the way of everything you tell yourself in that moment you want and the pattern, hmm. the pattern of behavior that keeps you from what you want. Hmm. So the, um, I hear the horse wisdom there is very literal. Like you said, the practical magic of economy of motion i i'm here sometimes it's just that 
clarity of um, being still. Yes, which in my world, in, in their world, when they're busy boarding private trains and answering the call of their senior partners or their senior bosses, there's very little of that going on in, in their world. Mm -hmm. So to have a moment where they actually can calculate, uh, this isn't going well, or I have a story about this, and then the opportunity to shift the story. If it wasn't that, what could it be? And what if you did something different here? Right. So what I'm hearing is, um, this is so gorgeous, that have, have, have you ever heard of transactional analysis? No, I haven't. It's a, it's a, a psychological uh, intervention, a model that was popular in the 60s. But basically what it said is if you don't play the game, then the other person can't play it. Oh, got it. Well, I do know that concept for sure. So that's what this sounds like. So another uh, horse wisdom is uh, not playing the game. Yeah, not playing any game, but actually showing up because in that moment, what's really happening is there's incongruent in the space, incongruence in the space. This person wants to connect with the horse and they've just made up a story about what's going on. So they have uh, decided they're just going to stand there. And now there's nothing going on except discomfort. So if I change my story, if I say the horse doesn't really know what you want, can you show the horse what you want? Can you deal yourself in again, like you did over there where it was comfortable and there wasn't anything at stake? And the moment that energy shifts, well, and that and that person buys back in that horse is right there so the, the wisdom and the beauty i think especially in these divisive times in history is that you have a training partner for this period of time that has no story has no judgment is full of generosity is waiting patiently is really there fully and unconditionally for your learning, <sighs> your highest learning to come through. And the moment I shift the ineffective practice to the effective practice that I align myself, my thinking, my feeling, and my doing are aligned, that horse is right there every damn time. I've, I've seen it, I've felt it, I've experienced it. But, and what's so fabulous is that these people who haven't had that experience get to then come. have it. That's right. Then and they that's what I feel like is the role of the, the human. It's a, definitely a certain role, but it's not necessarily the same role as the horse at no. all. No. I think when you're, when you're, uh, when you mean the human, do you mean the facilitator or you mean the client? Both. Both, yeah. specifically the because there, I, I, of course uh, one of the things I've been doing for a while is all right so let's go beyond to how was that oh my god it was so amazing it was so incredible well what happened yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know so okay. now that's going to lead us into this question about how do you take it I've been saying out of the round pen or beyond the barn yeah. uh, how do you help them to you you've helped them to interpret they felt it the horse has helped them to feel it you have helped them to uh bring it up here and put words to it 
-hmm. Now, how do they take that out so that they don't have to go to the horses to feel this all the time? Yeah, yeah, and that's important. Uh, if it stays a, a horsey moment, then it really doesn't have any impact anyplace else. It's a feel good moment and they'll remember it for a long, 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 long time that, that experiential learning stays in the body. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you know this as well as I do, clients that were here six and seven years ago still talk about the experience they had with right. your horse, right? It just never leaves. One of the things that we try and do um, uh, very effectively is in the morning, and this is another piece about um, development. Uh, we, you know, I don't draw the distinction between um, their business life and their personal life because for me, you're going to see both. I, I've always said the same thing. Here, I, I think maybe to get them in the gate uh, when you're talking to them on the phone and you're taking your marching orders, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, because we don't know how it's going to play out, but we do know that there's really the, the lines get very blurred and, and especially under pressure and out of their comfort zone, which of course this is. But the idea is that in the morning circle, when we're all here together, um, it's important for people to be in that learner seat. And if they're not, and if you as a facilitator have not created the opportunity for them to be in that learner seat by putting their own learning stake in the ground and saying, my intention for my learning today or my intention for my leadership today or my intention for, for my development today or what I'd like to experience or learn or have an inquiry about today is X, Y, Z, then that is what we're looking at as the day unfolds, right? So uh, be careful what you ask for. Um, one gal uh, talked about boundaries, you know, being her from the same group, being her, um, you know, she, she wanted to work on that. And boy, did she, I mean, you know, because horses need to know who you are, uh, not just a black sweater in a chair, but who are you in there? And they'll come over and they'll ask you, especially male horses, use their mouth to, you know, pull on your sweater. And if you pet them, that gets bigger. So, you know, setting that, how does that feel? That feels awful. Okay, let him, don't pet him. Next cue. So right. kind of things show up. When that happens or when this happens, like with this gentleman who is standing a foot apart and really wants connection and doesn't want to go over and bother the horse, that's, that's uh, the question becomes, going back to the morning circle, that what were you working on? I wanted right. to work on confidence. Okay, well, here's your moment. Mm -hmm. And what does this remind you of in your life? That reminds me of my boss. When I need to talk to him and he's on the phone and I'm terrified that I'm gonna bother him, get my head chewed off if I, if I knock on that door. Oh, so what did you do differently here? So it's taking them, I love how you're talking about being in the learning seat. And again, we're going back to the self-responsibility. Yes. That if you're not going there, it's same with riding. Uh, you can sit on the horse and have an instructor tell you what to do in the arena, but that's a false sense of security. You haven't actually engaged with the horse generally, necessarily. Right. Right. So by having that discussion, that conversation around, okay, we're going to be doing some stuff, but we need you to be responsible in, in whatever language that you use. And it, it gives you a chance to ladder back to, you know, this is, mm -hmm. and, and of course, and I'm sure you, you witnessed this too. This is not a one 
one, one stop and done. You're gonna see those patterns all through the day in every activity that you're working with because this is what I lead with, getting back to your idea about leadership. We all lead and our um, energetics, what's not being said, what's not being spoken, our somatic presence is what people remember long after the words have right. left the room. They remember the presence or lack thereof. They remember, you know, the mood, the tone, not the necessarily the words. So when you have a, a partner like a horse who is a master at reading body language and fills the gap between what you're saying and what you're doing, that's where the horse is pointing us over and over and over and over again, because the horse is looking for this. The horse is comfortable when we are in this state. And when we are not in this state, you have a training partner who's honest enough and frank enough to reflect that back to you so you can do something about it in the moment. And when we do, when that guy stepped closer and put his hand out and finished what he started and finished what he wanted with that authentic connection, the horse rewards that authentic authenticity with exactly what you will remember, right? And then you build right. it. So we're, we're talking about that. And some of these people come in and they're just have not, as we've said before, haven't had the experience, the, the, uh, the aware experience of their body. And so. Oh, especially in, you know, I do a lot of recovery, addiction and recovery work. So you've got people five days sober and they, they can't even feel their feet mm -hmm. and still get a, a lot out of being here. Yeah, because that is part of, that is the horse wisdom. Be in your body, be here, be present. Yes. And when you are present, um, the horse can be present with you. That's the reward card. And I think yeah. of, all the, of all of the pieces that we'll talk about or could talk about any population, human beings upright in the world, Animals are always present, always, 24 seven. Mm -hmm. Their lives depend on it, especially flight animals, prey animals. Right. Uh, the human being is the only animal on the planet that has to retrain themselves to be so. So that to me is one of the key components of leadership, of leading my life, of leading my recovery, of leading my team. That is one of the key components. If I'm not present, if I'm here, talking and being with you and I'm thinking about the soup that's on the stove that I forgot to turn off I'm not present right and people feel that immediately so this connection that we're all after is not possible unless I can be here with you Lisa or unless you can be here with me exactly it's so powerful so powerful and well, I want to thank you for this yeah it's yeah, so my, my, beautiful to sit and talk about all of these amazing things. Um, I, I have heard you say that horse wisdom is so much about presence. It's so much about responsibility. It's so much about being able to be still and be, be here now. John Kabat-Zinn's, wherever you are, wherever you go, there you are, that whole thing. Here now, yeah. So that's going to be some gorgeous horse wisdom that people can take with them. And if you have felt in your body, for those of you who are watching any of the things that Alyssa has been saying, you're going to remember this differently than if you just uh, read a transcript or you just were kind of half listening. So if you were fully present, you definitely 
will remember this. Um, I, I want to ask you, how do we how do we find you? How do we get into your world? What is this <laughs> next thing that we can come up to? I mean, if you uh, below the video, you'll see uh, how to get in touch with Alyssa and her. Uh, what are you going to tell us? Where what is the fun thing you want to invite us into? Oh well, um, a couple of things are cooking. First of all, I live out on a thousand acre property, and I do not have a covered arena, so. I work with um, the weather. Uh, I'm on the coast. It's beautiful here. It's a thousand acre, you know, working cattle and sheep ranch. We have 13 horses and a covered barn. But as I'm going into the winter months, uh, which I think will get rain at some point here, I hope so. And the, the seasons are changing. Um, I have some online programs so that people can continue to learn if that is something that they would like to avail themselves to. I have a one day art of leadership program that is uh, anybody who's interested in developing their, their uh, personal or professional life with the help of horses. Barbara Rector, I will say, because she gave me permission to, um, took this program from me last year in the midst of you know, COVID. And we had, we, you know, I've been her student for many, many years. So uh, I was so honored that she enrolled for the program. And, she said to me afterwards, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm going to learn, but uh, she was blown away. Oh. And, and so was I, because I had a lot of resistance to doing anything online with horses, mm -hmm. having taught for 20 years, face-to-face -face programs. I just couldn't figure out in my being how it was going to be impactful. And I mm -hmm. didn't want to teach something that wasn't. And I have been amazed at how it translates for people. Yeah, I did for the last year and a half, I did all of my coach training online. Oh my gosh, I have to admit, I had so much resistance. I was probably the last Mohican and Gerhard really <laughs> felt that. I just didn't wanna do it. And when I did, uh, I, it was so wonderful because the reach that you have uh, for impact, which of course is at the teacher's heart, uh, wanting to make a difference and contribute and, and have people have the impact with horses, mm. uh, is all over the place. You know, students in Germany yeah. and out west. And so you already know this, you're, you're much smarter than I was. I got on the bus kind of late. <laughs> I, it's, I started doing uh, online programming in 2010. Did you really? So I have been doing it for a while. So I knew it would. I knew how powerful it was and could be, but you had the rest of the world that didn't really. So, True, and, you know. and those of us who are technically challenged, and I will, you know, raise my hand, uh, there's, there's definitely a learning curve there too. So that's one thing. I'm still doing um, my face-to-face -face trainings. I offer, I'm the USA, as you mentioned so kindly in, in my bio, the Horse Dream USA um, licensed partner which means that I can offer the six day partner training program for people that are interested in learning this curriculum, which is the gold standard for leadership and business development and also the two day train the trainer. So I, have, I do have those classes scheduled through the end of October, first part of November, if people are interested. 
Beautiful. Well, we're going to have all of that down there so uh, people can find you. Thank you so, so much, Alyssa. I am just so honored to have you here. And uh, so thank you all for joining us. And so now you have another perspective yet on horse wisdom, trans transforming and thriving in, in different kinds of communities. All right. So we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.